comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. recording and this is out now with aaron and abe i am aaron and as always this is abe hello out now is a film podcast which has abe and i discussing new movies weekly we also bring in discussion about the latest trailers box office results and predictions a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week games and other fun stuff this is episode 91 and today we are talking side effects the new drama thriller from director steven Soderbergh. i really pronounced a <laughs> in that <laughs> Thriller. Um, I got spit all over He's got my rabies. Exactly. And uh, joining us to discuss the new drama thriller from the Steven Soderbergh side effects, we have writer for Fast Film Reviews, currently wearing trend-setting hats that put Channing Tatum to shame, Mark Hoban. Hey, everyone. And writer for The Examiner, <laughs> man who takes the Jude Law into his own hands, Marcus Robinson. Hey, yeah. I'm very happy with both of the I don't care <laughs> Did he cross Alex Ross? <laughs> That's a good question. Marcus, have you crossed that box cross? Because he takes a block with his own hands. <laughs> Always. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, let's get into things. Let's get into some, some announcements here. Um, Abe, I keep mentioning this, the 100th episode. I know, it's coming up soon. Oh, who knows? We're on 91. It will, <laughs> something, something will happen. We'll do something. I'll just keep teasing him. <laughs> <laughs> given, given that Abe, Abe at all, given that Abe and I have done no discussion whatsoever about what we're going to do for the hundredth episode, I'll just keep teasing the fact that we're going to do something special for the hundredth episode. Chats here and there. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, a new commentary came out today, uh, or well, today of this recording, Die Hard with a Vengeance. I know listeners like these commentaries that we do, so we, we did a new, we did a new one with Scott Mendelson and Ben Peters, Brandon Peters, Brandon Peters, Brandon Peters, and uh, yeah, so that's out now, and that'll you know we got the. A new Die Hard movie coming next week, so there you go. Lots of, lots of Die Hard things going on in the world of Out Now, Baron and Abe. And, uh, the Die Hardiest. The, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the sixth film. <laughs> die Hardiest. It's about John McClane eating a hearty... I don't know where oh, to go with that. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened? The Baptist happened today. And uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to kind of read the results of the Baptist, since they're you know just one of the... Just one more precursor to the Academy Awards, so I'll just kind of read some of the winners, and you guys can, you know, kind of respond with, like, hey, that was good, or that's okay. So there we go. Best Documentary, Searching for Sugar Man. Absolutely. Yay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I haven't seen it. I didn't, I didn't care for it as much as everybody else did. Oh, well, geez. Sorry, Mark. Yeah, I know. I'm a downer, right? <laughs> Best Animated Feature Film, Brave. Yeah. I don't like that. Was Paranorman nominated at the BAFTA? It was, yes. Okay. Best film not in the English language. That's a good BAFTA category. I like that. Amore was the winner of that one. Epstein. Uh, let's see. Best achievement in special visual effects, Life of Pi. 
Yay. Okay. That's a good choice. I like that. Best best sound. Les Miserables. Really? Okay. Sounds good. Best makeup slash hair. Les Miserables. Okay. What about beard? There's no best every year. Every year, Ireland <laughs> best. We best Lincoln year. to win. I know. Uh, Phil, the uh, music award, Skyfall. Well, huh, that's surprising. Oh. Sky, 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 Thomas Newman Skyfall score for original score. Yeah. Hmm. Costume design, Anna Karenina. Makes sense uh, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. So. Best production design, Les Misérables. No, I, I have a feeling it's going to be between Anna Karenina and Les Miserables at the Academy Awards for those kinds of awards. Yeah, and I would, yeah. I, would, I, would I would say Anna Karenina for costume design probably. I you think so? Over Les Mis? I, I didn't see Anna, but I, I think so. I think if there's one award that it's going to win, it'd be that one. Just like right. Hobbit will win Best Makeup, like that. I, even though I don't know, they're surprised in that makeup category. It's, it's, a, it's a tough one. Editing, Argo. Uh, what is it up against? Hmm. Editing? Uh, Django, Life of Pi, Skyfall, Zero Dark Thirty. I would okay. say Argo because I feel like the, the tension in that movie comes from how well it's edited. Yay. Yeah. There we go. Double yay. I mean, that's like, it's the, that's why, that's like having Hurt Locker win for editing. I think that movie lives and dies off its editing. Not its screenplay by Mark Bull, but that's a different story. Um, best cinematography. Life of Pi. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love Skyfall, but Life of Pi is a beautiful movie. <laughs> I uh, adapted screenplay, Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. Mm, I, actually, that's maybe a little bit of. Well, I don't know. What was it up against? Yeah, Argo, it was up against Lincoln. Argo, but, Lincoln, okay. Life of Pi, and uh, Marcus Robinson's favorite film of last year, Beast of the Southern Wild. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll go with oh yeah. Like. Oh yeah, Beast of the Southern Wild. What a great movie, right? All right. It's just a joy. <laughs> You're intimidating the guests. You know, I don't think Lincoln is quite the, you know, the, it doesn't mean as much probably to the British as it does to the U.S., so. Yeah. That's probably because they had... Silver Lang's Playbook was a well-written film, though, so... I, mean, I think it was better acted than it was written. I mean, I think the... This is all different. We can, we can discuss this more when we talk about the Oscars. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, original screenplay, Django Unchained. Next time. Or Master, Moonrise, and Zero Dark Thirty. That's a, that's a steep conversation. Yeah. Mm. Let's see. Direction, Affleck won that one. Well, again, he, he has a big shelf this year. Of yeah, he's doing well. He's doing very well for himself. Good for him. Supporting actress, any guesses? Just guess yesterday. No. Supporting well, actress. Who, who yeah. won supporting actress? Yes. I, I know. Act, supporting actor? Actress. Just yell it out. Just, you know. Actress, uh, Anne Hathaway? Oh, Anne Hathaway. Yes, of course. Um, let's see. Best supporting actor? Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. It was, was, was Leo even nominated? No, no. same, li- or actually no, Javier Bardem was in there, but no, it's the sa- it's basically the same lineup as right. the awards. Okay. Um, actress went to Emmanuel Riva for, uh, a more. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, let's see, actor, Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, Affleck was nominated for Best Actor? Huh? No. The, I think they just threw everybody in there. I don't know. The British saw something we didn't, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, the outstanding British film of the year went to Skyfall. I don't think that was a surprise. Well, yeah. the competition was Anna Karenina, the best exotic marigold old people have oh. on holiday, <laughs> casually racist to other Indians while having a great <laughs> combo with Maggie Smith Hotel. 
I think that's the title. Uh, Les Miserables and Seven Psychopaths. So, uh, Tom Wilkinson. That guy was oh, totally Seven against... Psychopaths. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for British film, Martin McDonough. Award-winning playwrights over there in England. So, or Brit- Britain. Uh, best film went to Argo. Mm. Pick it up steam. Yeah. So there you go. There are the Baptists. Yeah. All the American <laughs> listeners to our show and whoever else were there to listen to our show. There are some, some people in the UK that listen to the show. Yeah, so there you go. So so you, you've just heard things that you already knew. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, carrying on with the uh, no, whatever. We, iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those because you can hear more award results such as the BAFTAs if you, you know, love our show and want to you know give us a little pop. Positive rating, but um, let's let's move on. Let's get to know everybody. Where we ask each other a few questions, how to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know everybody. And I'm gonna let Abe start this one off as well. Mark Hoban. If or yes. when you're directing, what color filter would you choose on your lens as your calling card? <laughs> the hope this is like a Steven Soderbergh question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say, uh. Rose-colored, because I like to see things through rose-colored glasses. Well done, sir. I tip my hat to you. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew I had to think of a reason why. (laughs) That was sort of like... That was a really good... Or or else you would have sounded like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Let's see. Uh, Marcus. Blake Lively was the original choice to play Emily Taylor in... Side effects. Odd. Okay. She was replaced by Rooney Mara. Is yeah. this a good idea? Yeah, I don't think Blake Lively can act. <laughs> She's not too lively. On Is there anything? <laughs> Is that that's not a good answer? That's a good answer. No, that's a good answer. <laughs> okay. Basically, the question was constructed so we could bash on Blake Lively. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Blake Reynolds. I hit it out of the park. We're spreading a lot of glass about this girl. Let's go. To Aaron, um, what's your favorite Jude Law movie? Jude Law movie, I really like him in a lot of things. I like I like him in um, Road to Perdition comes to mind quite a bit. I really like him as that really just nasty hitman character in that movie. Um, so that one jumps to mind. Uh, I like him in AI. Like AI is not a movie that I love, but I really like Jude Law in that movie. Uh, there's another one that I'm like, that gets like the, the Jude Law. Uh, I mean, he, he's not, I, what I, I always like Jude Law in movies. So like, that's not, I'm trying to think of what's the one that like rises to the top. Honestly, Road of Perdition just jumped to mind right away. Not, not Talented Mr. Ripley. I like Talented Mr. Ripley too. That's what I was thinking. It's like probably my third favorite Jude Law movie, but, and even as a uh, Watson, he's like, actually, I liked him a lot in Anna Karenina. I would say that's he was true. the best part about it. I would see, I would say he's the best part of Anna Karenina for me. Mm-hmm. I really like Enemy at the Gates, too. I want to put that out there. So basically every Jude Law movie. No, I'm just, 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 I'm do you think is Catherine Zeta Jones's hottest role? That's a great question. I'd have to say Entrapment. Yeah. No. Did yeah, you say sexiest or greatest? I said hottest. 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 Yeah. 
I was like, she was pretty hot in Chicago. The cover of Entrapment is really interesting. No, I don't know. Uh, I'd say uh, all of them. Yeah. Okay. All put together. Just... And you're, you're knocking on me for like a Jude I say Ocean's Twelve, hands down. That's why. That's right. Her hottest role. She's really hot in Ocean's Twelve. Oh my god. Well, she does get dressed up in leather at the end of Rock of Ages. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> for no, no, Hoban. for no apparent what a, reason. What of Hoban's favorite movies of last year? What about what about uh, what about Traffic? Well, I'm not in the Prager thing. <laughs> She's pregnant. So there. Yeah. That's oh. Apparently. Come on. Zockley. <laughs> Marcus. Okay. Uh, Jude Law musicals. More or less? Jude Law musicals? Should he do more of them? How much, what are the I don't think he's ever done any. Was, yeah, well, I, was trying to, I was trying to think. I, I'd say, well, why not? I would agree. I would, you know, I would, I would watch it. I'd pay $11 to see it. So would I. Nothing more. <laughs> Nothing, Nothing yeah. more. No IMAX <laughs> here. Yeah. Marcus. <laughs> oh, it's my turn. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Uh, Mark. All right. Um, do you think, in your opinion, do you think Channing Tatum will continue to star in serious movies like this? Or is he destined to fall back into his old ways? And take the lead in the Valve Part Two. <laughs> I mean, those are serious movies. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to be serious about it. Yeah, Aaron. <laughs> I, I think he'll probably continue to um, star in things like The Vow and and com- I think he'll star in some more comedies. Actually, I hope I think so. Twenty One Jump Street showed that he had that ability, and and I think if he can find the right one, I think he could be very successful doing those kinds of things too. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, Aaron. Yeah. What is your favorite, and I'm going to call this second string Soderbergh movie, and I'm going to give you four choices. Solaris, The Informant, Haywire, and then this one, Side Effects. Uh, Solaris, easily. Um, I really enjoy Solaris, and I, I've seen the original film as well, and I enjoy that movie as well. Solaris, I, I really like what... They're, the way that film is constructed quite a bit. I like all those movies, actually. There's even The Informant, too. I, yeah, I, Second String doesn't mean that I think any less of them, but just that it's not Ocean's Eleven or Aaron Brockovich or some of these ones that, you know, are really, like, his sort of big boffo. This is more mainstream fare, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. No, I, yeah, I'd say Solaris of those. I just watched, rewatched Haywire again, actually. I still enjoy, I enjoy that movie. That's just a quick pace. I love that Solaris watch. is one of the very few films to have gotten an F. In cinema score. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They, him and uh, James Cameron have a commentary on Solaris, which is just good in general, just because you know you have Steven Soderbergh and James Cameron having a conversation for an hour and a half. But they, one of the things Soderbergh says at like the beginning of that track is like, if you're not into this, if you're not into this movie by 20 minutes, you should just walk out. That's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right. that's that's incredibly true. He's being honest. <laughs> yeah. You got to give him credit for that. All right, Mark. Who is a director that you want to see one final glorious film from? Uh, you mean like if there like, was a director that was like gonna make his last movie and you knew this, who's the who's director you want to see like make like one just final great movie to go out on? So basically, a director that uh, I don't want to see more of. 
<laughs> I guess, but I mean, one that you may have admired at some time or something. I mean, uh, I don't think you want to see, like, Adam Shankman's Glass Glorious film. <laughs> I guess it's, like, it's got to be something that I I don't want them to make more films, though, right? Tyler, Tyler Perry? <laughs> you know, I've never seen a Tyler Perry film. And you shouldn't. Yeah, I'll say this. My, the answer that leads to mind is, for me, is Francis Ford Coppola. Like, if he made, like, one last okay. great movie and then, like, stopped directing since that... Oh, oh, I see. Because he's he's had a long, successful career. And... Yeah. And he's, you know, he's come back with some films, but they're not, you know, they're not the Godfather. They're not the conversation. That's another... Actually, that, now that you say that, I have a, I have a good... Uh, Peter Bogdanovich. There you go. I would like him because I would love to see him come back with one really great film. And he's obviously, if you look at his filmography, he has some great, great movies. But nothing, I don't know what the last thing he directed that was any good, but it's been a long time. So, yeah, I would say uh, Peter Bogdanovich. I'd like to see him uh, direct one last great film. It's a good answer. Yeah, and thank you for your, your answer helped me with my answer. I figured it may be a little esoteric of a question, so yeah, I, I have a little example in there. All right, I think that's everybody, right? So that's how we play. No, everybody. Um, let's move on to Out Now Quickies. TM? A lot of movies come out every week. We don't get a chance to discuss all of them because we want to just review one main movie, but we like to bring up some of the movies that we might have also seen this week in a segment we like to call Out Now Quickies. Yeah. I like wrapping it around like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let Marcus go first, because I think he saw the big winner of the weekend. Oh, Identity Thief. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. Uh, should I just get a synopsis of this, or just tell no, me? No, no, we know what Identity Thief is. It's the Jason Bateman, Melissa McCarthy movie. Uh, and, uh, she steals his identity. What did you What did you think of that movie? Okay, it, well, um, I didn't hate it as much as everybody else did, but it wasn't good. It's still not worth going to see. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, all the funny parts are in the trailer. That's another part I wanted to add. Okay. Any other movies you saw this week or no? Mm, no. Okay. Mark? Well, I saw Quartet a, a little while back. Does that count? Yeah, sure. You haven't been um, there in a while. And it was pleasant enough. It wasn't uh, great. I, I'd say if, if you were a fan of Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, then you probably would like this film too. I actually saw Sleepless Night. Uh, Ooh. It was I. That kitchen fight, though. Yeah, I mean, I think that was like the, the largest extended fight sequence, and I was kind of expecting him to get his ass beat by more people, but that was like the largest fight. Ambiguous ending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is, yes. Um, I've seen quite a few things, actually, looks a bit. Um, I can't talk about one movie, uh -oh. but I can say that if you like Nicholas Sparks dramas, then there, one comes out this week. <laughs> That's the review. <laughs> um, I finished House of Cards. I brought that up last week, but House of Cards is the Netflix series that stars Kevin Spacey. Really enjoyed that show. And, you know, it's all on Netflix Watch instantly, and I would recommend it heartily. Would you give it a Netflix rating? Would I give it a Netflix rating? I'd give it a... <laughs> I'd, give, I'd give it a put-it-to-the-top-of-your-key rating. Mm. That's so, is that the one where he kills the dog? In the very beginning? That's that's the very first minute of the series, yes. Yeah, the very first minute, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, not, to... it's not the yeah. Kevin Spacey Netflix series. <laughs> that's the one there. Um, I also, Abe, I brought up Here Comes the Boom last week. Yes. And I, Do you, uh... It is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed Here Comes the Boom. Did anyone else see Here Comes the Boom? No. Yeah. The Kevin no. James MMA film? 
That it is it is so it is much more fun than anyone would expect it to be. And between that and Warrior, I feel like MMA films are movies that I like to see, even though I have no interest in MMA whatsoever. <laughs> uh, no, ordinarily I would you know criticize you for liking that, but no, I haven't seen it, so I can't. But I saw Parental Guidance way after it, it came out, and I actually found it to be kind of heartwarming. In a, you know, and I, I was expecting to hate the film based on what I had read, but I didn't think it was that bad. So basically, I can uh, I can sympathize that sometimes movies can surprise you and be much much better than you think. I was surprised it was as good as it was. Like I didn't expect to hate it just because it it looked intriguing to me. But like Kevin James, he he like lost a ton of weight, and there's no fat jokes in that movie at all. It's just him. It's it's a, it's a good movie. Cool. I like Kevin James, here. actually. I like Kevin James when he's not making fat jokes in Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> well, okay, watch, we watch Hitch. I have watched Hitch. I like him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I know you've seen it. That's, 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 that's a second thing. I was putting that out to the public. It, yeah. I think that's a really good movie, and Kevin James is really likable in it. Yeah, for sure. Here comes the boom, recommended by Aaron. There you, I, there you easily. go. Check out the blue review at wisely.com. <laughs> um, Aaron, you might actually find your rave on the box, because I don't think too many people recommend <laughs> that. <laughs> There's, 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 no, there's, there's two raves on the bottom. One of them is from like some random critic that says it's it's uh what is it? It's like Rocky meets Paul Blart. Is, it, is that from like a local CBS station? Or That's one of those local ones. But then the one on the back, it's not even a review. It just says sit a cinema score. There's no white person. It's just that's the right. They couldn't find a poll quote, so they went with the cinema score. Um, two other things. I have a lot of quickies. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. As quick as I want. Uh, John dies at the end. Has anyone heard of this movie? Yes. I've heard of it. It's from the director of Bubba Hotep, which starred Bruce Campbell. And um, what's what else? The uh, uh, movie I can't think of. Uh, it's the whole horror movie. It's, um, Phantasm? Phantasm. That's what it is. I was like, it's not Wishmaster. Oh, and it's Phantasm, Phantasm 2, 3, 4. He created the Phantasm. Regardless. Anyway, jumping back into it. John dies at the end. This is a really interesting horror comedy noir type movie with and has, like, Paul Giamatti in a small role. And if you like kind of quirky cult horror movies, then you probably like John Dunn. Dies at the end. That's all I can really say about that. Lastly, Undefeated. This is the Academy Award-winning documentary from last year. Has anyone seen this movie? No. No, I really want to. It's really good. It is, like, it. Abe, you'd love it. It's, like, it's Friday Night Lights yeah. for real. It's, uh, it's, is it, it like, the, the Tigers or something like that? Yeah, the, if they're this team from Tennessee... Like underprivileged kids, I got a volunteer coach. It's just an absolutely fantastic documentary. Sounds like Kevin James is going to remake it. <laughs> I, I, I think why, did it, why did it take so long for it to come out on DVD? I have no idea, but what I have an idea of is that you guys should all go and see Undefeated because it's fantastic. Mm. It's, <laughs> it, des- it deserved winning the and game. watch it as a double feature with Hoop Dreams. Hoop, Hoop Dreams, Dreams is like an right. excellent yeah. documentary. If, if you have six hours to kill, worth all that. Hoop Dreams is worth every minute of it, of two hours and fifty three minutes of it. Okay, so all of those quickies. TM. Okay, let's get to our trailer talk, where we discuss some of the newest trailers and what we thought of them. There's one I really want to talk about, but before we get to that one, let's get to the other one I also want to talk about, called The East. This is the new film from Zal Batmanglish, my favorite name of a director to say, who directed the, the film uh, The Sound of My Voice last year, which starred Britt Marling, and this is his new film, which also stars Britt Marling, and also Ellen Page and Alexander Skarsgård. Battleships Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> <laughs> his most notable film. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's on True Blood too. Yeah. Uh, he's, 
He's like tall and blonde or whatever. But this film, sorry, this film, what I can tell, because the trailer was very ambiguous about what's going on, basically, it seems like Ellen Page, among other leads, some kind of group that's against kind of a, either a one company or a bunch of companies, and it's like a paranoia conspiracy thriller type dealy. So of all that, all that explicit description of, of of this movie marcus we'll start with you what did you think of the trailer for the east um you know it it looked interesting i guess it was like a what is it, it was like a 99 percent movie thing going on I, I it looked interesting but i don't i don't know that i'm gonna go see it from the trailer mark uh well it's the same direct this uh zal batmanji is the same director that did um, The Sound of My Voice. Yeah. And I didn't see that, but I, I did hear some really good things about it. And the subject, uh, eco-terrorism and all that, that's kind of an interesting idea. So I, I, I'm intrigued. You know, I don't know if the trailer really made me want to see it, but based on his previous work, um, and then the Brit Marling, who's starring in it, she was also in Another Earth. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, I thought she was uh, good in that film. It, uh, it looks it, it looks a little bit annoying, uh, I would say, and it's um, not something that makes me intrigued to go see it. But at the same time, it's probably one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, it's it's a cold hit. We should go see it. It's like, okay, well, let's check it out. Everything you just said is exactly what I expected you to say about the trailer for these. You know it too well. I'm intrigued just because I did like the sound of my voice, and I like Britt Marling, and I really liked Another Earth, and her in sound my and of my voice so i'm yeah i'm i'm down to see it the east it's i know it's at sundance and um, i'm not sure when it's going to come out exactly i'm sure it got picked up just because it has people like ellen page and alexander like they you know, it, has, it has stars patricia clarkson's also in this movie like it has, it has stars clarkson. yeah and uh julia ormond and, and uh rock and roller himself abe toby couples oh movie. really yeah yeah Incidentally, uh, Zal Batman is the latest uh, superhero too. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the, the Batman Gleege. Yeah, at the end of Sound of My Voice, Prime. Fury comes out and recruits him to be part of the Avenger Initiative. So it's, <laughs> exactly. Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah, no, uh, no release. Have crossed. That's weird. No release date on this film yet, but uh, I'm sure it says coming soon on the poster. So there you go. That's the East. Let's talk about the next trailer. Uh-oh. Fast yeah. and Furious. Six. A six. Yeah. It's a six. Not Fast Six, not Fast and Furious like I would have liked, but Fast and Furious. <laughs> this is the, of course, the fifth sequel in the Fast and Furious film franchise. And as far as I'm concerned, Fast Five was the best part of that franchise so far. And I can only imagine that Fast and Furious Six can do even more greatness that was already we should been done. We start calling it Fast Six and like start. I'm gonna call it Fast. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it Fast and Furious. I'm okay, yeah, I'll go with that too. Yeah, but regardless, this trailer premiered at, at the Super Bowl last weekend, and then like an even like a super long like three and a half minute trailer dude, and just overloaded me with excitement. But enough about what I think, Mark. What did you think of the Fast and Furious? Uh... I don't know. I mean, this, it's in the sixth entry. I'm. You say this, but Fast Five is the best one! It was, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Seriously, I don't know. get better as they go along, but Fast and Furious. Doing... Is that, is that the way that sequels work? The, the further. No, I'm saying they shouldn't get better oh, as they go oh, along, but oh, Fast oh, and Furious is doing this. 
Well, I mean, it's nice that this movie exists so Paul Walker can still get work. So I, I guess I'm happy and about Vin that. Diesel. And Vin Diesel, too. But I think he has maybe more options, though. Um, He's going to get rid of Not, not much well. more. I, I'm not... I'm not too excited about it, but we'll see. I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll be a success. Oh, Aaron will love it. <laughs> you say this like I'm the only person that loves Fast Five. Yeah, the movie like like critics love that movie and audiences love that movie. I don't know where it's like, attacking me over. We're my talking about Fast but Six here. I'm, not, I'm sorry for being excited about a movie that that comes after a movie that was really good. Marcus. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not a big Fast and Furious fan, so it looked okay. It just looked like an accelerated version of of Fast Five in, like, Europe or something. And I just don't know where they're going to go from here. Like, are they going to go to space? I don't... They'd have to. (laughs) It would have to. I don't know... Who wouldn't I watch just... that movie? <laughs> if you saw a trailer for The Rock and Vin Diesel racing cars around the moon. You'd be there in a heartbeat. Come on. Oh, that, okay, that's true. And I'll and I would and I'll go. I'll I'll see this just because The Rock's in it. There you go. There you go. There we go. Abraham, uh, I feel as though with the extended trailer, you've seen a lot. Uh, it just doesn't feel as fun, especially with like you know the return of like a special guest character. It just kind of feels like it's kind of a just getting some box office cash just to run away and. Say, hey, we made six of them. So, it looks okay. I'm not ultra excited, but then again, I did say that about Fast Five as well. So, we'll see. Yes, you did, Abe. Yes, you did. I'm, I'm owning up to it. <laughs> I believe they filmed, I don't know if they filmed, pretty sure they filmed the bike back to back for seven okay. also. Yeah, seven? pretty sure. What is going on here? Wow. Fast That's seven? A... Is it in space? I, again. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, like, just, they filmed it at the same time. I'm pretty sure that's what I remember hearing. That doesn't seem that hard. Like, you can film yeah, because they're like capping off this new like trilogy. It's like it's a weird. It depends. I mean, it has the weirdest movie logic of all time in terms of like how this timeline works. Since all these movies, all, all like four, five, and six, and presumably seven, all come before three. Still, is this gonna, is this gonna be like The Hobbit? Hmm. I mean, I, I don't feel like the, I don't feel like Fast and Furious is going to be overbearing and too long, so I don't know. <laughs> dragon either. That's kind of a bummer. There yeah, there's less dragons. Yeah. In it, so, I mean. <laughs> Although, if there were, once again, if there was a dragon racing against Vin Diesel and The Rock, you would be in your seat so fast to see I would. that movie. I would go see that. <laughs> fast and Furious Six comes out Memorial Day weekend, along with The Hangover Part Three. Kind so of they'll be du- duking it out for the biggest bro movie of the weekend, I guess. Bro. Let's get let's move on. Let's get to our, our review of a film that's just like Fast and Furious Six. Steven Soderbergh's side effects. Nine one one, what's your emergency? I need help. Someone's been murdered. There's been an incident. What do we do? No sign of forced entry. No sign of struggle. Where's her lawyer? She doesn't have one. Just kept talking about you. I don't understand why this is happening. You know her. Would you have treated her differently if she was a man? That's not what happened. And what is going on? I'll put her on a blixer. I don't think you should be my doctor anymore. I think she requires more observation. Someone gets punished. It's all going to go away. It's going to follow you around forever. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for Steven Soderbergh's new film, Side Effects, which stars Rudy Mara. Mara? Mara. Jude. Mara. Mara. Jude Law. Catherine Sheta-Jones, 
and uh, Channing Tatum. And the film revolves around Rooney Mara, a character who's just meeting up with her husband after he spent some time in jail. Her husband is Channing Tatum, and she suffers from depression. And she winds up in the care of a psychiatrist played by Jude Law, who tries to help her and is eventually recommended to give her some drugs prescribed by Rooney Mara's former psychiatrist, uh, Catherine, Catherine Shades Jones' character. And things become more complicated from there as the film goes along. That's the best way to not spoil it. So, with all that said, Marcus, what did you think? Side effects. Um, well, I mean, I liked the beginning of it. I did like, I, I, I liked the entire thing, but I, the first 40 minutes when it was a kind of cautionary against the abuse of prescription medic, medication contagion type, type story, it w- worked. But then it moved into a kind of routine mystery, and that's the part where I kind of, kind of lost me. But uh, I still really like Jude Law's character. I think this is maybe his best role in ten years. And I mean, I think Soderbergh is at the top of his game. He's probably the most versatile director working. So, and this proves it. This is this is amazing to watch. Mark, even though it's pretty slow. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> I really like uh, side effects quite a bit. Um, I thought it was a nifty little picture. Uh, it's sort of a slowly building, twisty little thriller, and there's these layers of intrigue that kind of get revealed, you know, just when you think you've got it all figured out. And I like the fact that it's it started out as this cautionary tale about medicine and abusing drugs and or you know pharmaceuticals prescriptions, and then it turned into something else. And I could not guess. I mean, it changed a couple times throughout the film, and maybe I'm naive, but every time it changed a little bit, I was surprised. And it it gets ridiculous. I mean, by the end, I could see someone saying, this is just so preposterous, I can't even accept it. And that would be valid. But while I'm watching it, I was really, like, on the edge of my seat and wanting to know what happened next. So I really enjoyed it a lot. I, I thought it was quite good. And, and uh, I think Steven Soderbergh really does these kinds of pictures well. And, you know, if they say this is his last film, I, I hope that's not true. But if it is, that's that's a shame because I think he's capable of a lot more great stuff. Cool. Abe? Uh, I thought it was an interesting film as well. And it's, it's quite intriguing. It's just really slow, like what Marcus had said. And that's not to say that I didn't enjoy it. It's just more of... Um, I'm not, I wasn't chomping at the bit about, oh, what's, what happened next? I, I don't really know what's gonna happen. And, like, please tell me more, story. Uh, it was just more like, okay, well, I guess they're gonna tell me more. And they're gonna tell me in a fashion which they feel suitable, which is slow and deliberate and, you know, the pacing is, is just, uh, tad off. But, uh, I mean, on the whole, it's not a bad movie. It's one of those movies where I would say, I don't know if you would want to do, like, 11, dollars for it so it was it's not bad it's not uh terribly ultra engrossing per se but at the same time there's some really good character development uh and Steven Soderbergh just he directs people pretty well yeah I uh, I enjoyed this movie too and I agree with a lot of what with what Mark said actually I I liked how the movie it becomes like three different movies as it goes along. It starts out as one thing, then it becomes another thing, then it becomes one another thing. Like it just it keeps shifting its shape of what it's trying to do, and 
it's funny, like, I, it's hard to, like, want to describe what kind of movie this is because you just don't want to spoil it. And that's why the trailer was I, – I remember, like, we, when we initially talked about this trailer, like, I didn't know how to kind of describe my feelings on it just because it felt so ambiguous to me. It's like, I don't know what this movie is, and that's – that made me happy for when I finally saw it because I'm like, oh, that's why. There's just no way to kind of advertise the movie without spoiling everything that goes on in it, at least in the trailer that I saw. I know there's other trailers that kind of reveal more. Mm. But uh, I, I know one way they could have advertised it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, I, I don't think you know what I'm going to say. Okay. I would have used Channing Tatum and made it look like a romantic drama. That's like what I was thinking, too. <laughs> I, would have, I would have just edited it like that. And then, you know, let people get totally thrown for a loop when they actually saw it. Well, that's how I wish the red eye marketing went, where you just never realize that Killian Murphy's a bad guy. Like, that's what I wish that movie would have done. And then I'd be like, yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> red eye. Um, yeah, Spoiler I, alert. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> red eye. Um, Straight. <laughs> how old is that movie? It's almost 10 years old. You want to feel old? You want to feel old? Red eye's almost 10 years old. Um, so is Wedding Crashers. I say that because I saw those movies on the same night. But regardless, uh, side effects. <laughs> I, I really, I, I really like this movie. I really liked uh, Jude Law and Rudy Mara in it. I really like their performances yeah. quite a bit. I think Jude Law, he ends up playing what you could consider kind of a noir hero. It, like the movie takes the shape of a neo noir as it goes along, and I really liked how you see someone like Jude Law who. He gets a, a lot of things get put on him, and it really exacerbates him. But because Jude Law's a very kind of charismatic person, especially in this movie, as opposed to playing more of a Weasley character, he's like a he's a guy you want to kind of root for. He kind of yeah yeah he you he has a way of playing it off so you don't feel you feel stressed out for things that he has to deal with. But he seems like a confident enough character that you're like you're you're able to get behind, and I like how that worked in the film. As well as on the other side of that coin, Rudy Mara. She has a lot to do with this film in terms of the different kinds of emotions she's supposed to go through, and I really think she's quite strong in this right. movie. Yeah. Yeah, can we let's, can we talk about their performances? Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say I I totally agree with you. I think Jude Law is extraordinary in this film, and I like. I'm gonna just talk about how the movie begins, but you know he prescribes this drug that has side effects, and so then there's kind of this discussion about well, how responsible is he? And I like those, like it's addressing these sort of ethics questions and things like that. And I, I like that. I was and I was I was along for the ride with what happens to his character. And then Rooney Mara is again is also quite good. I mean, she's gotten some acclaim when she did the girl with the dragon tattoo. I think this uh, role even allowed her more of you know it's more of a depth to her character um, that that she even got to show in, in that other film. So it provides I, a lot of range for her as opposed to yeah, Dragon, Tat right. Dragon Tattoo, where, which I, li I like her in Dragon Tattoo quite a bit, but I feel like she's playing one character. And there was less, less for her to do. I mean, she was kind of like, she was, and I, not to take away from her performance in that film because she was great, but it was a little bit more like she's this sort of hard-edged character. Here, she this woman that she plays you do sort of feel sympathetic towards her because she she is depressed and you know you naturally want to feel um you know sympathy for someone who's depressed but she also has sort of a, a coldness to her character as well that's sort of always there under the surface and i don't know how she conveys that but she does even from even from the beginning and i thought that she was she was very good i never really felt yeah. uh i guess uh i never really empathized and wanted to give her any sympathy it's just more of i just wanted to know what was going on um, primarily because, yeah, you, you, it's kind of intriguing, right? You know, she's on these dregs and, you know, all of a sudden she sleepwalks or whatever else. And it's, it's very interesting just the way that, you know, 
that Jude Law is trying to interview her and trying to see what's going on with her in her personal life and how it all intervenes or intertwines, I should say. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I wasn't like all caught up in her, in her character development. It was just, I just want to know what's going on. And to that point, it kind of just tells it to you pretty linearly. It doesn't really, you know, ask you to question anything too, too hard. And it's not a difficult film to, sort of figure out because they kind of give you all the angles a little bit later and that was kind of a bummer so that was a tad of a letdown yeah i have to, i have to agree with with abe i wasn't like sympathetic towards her all that much as I, I i didn't i think honestly i think her character was overshadowed by jude law i think jude law is he has the reins here he's running the show here um, well, I think the movie makes a shift where it goes from Rudy Mars character right, to right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, but I wasn't as interested in the first ha- in the first uh, uh, in the Rooney Mara character when she was out there. I wasn't completely uh, engulfed in her character as I was in Law's character when he when he but came I, on he when he took the uh, when he took the lead. Mm-hmm. But Marcus, did, when you were giving your little review, didn't you say that you liked the the beginning part of I, the? I did the like project? the beginning. I did like the beginning more than I did like than I liked the uh, the direction that it took about forty minutes in when it turned into this mystery movie. That I, 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 I in like, saying that I did the Jude Law role in the second half made this movie watchable for me. In the second half of this movie, which I could have. It was kind of – there was these contrivances that were added and added and added and then this ending thing, which I, I – it would have lost me if it wasn't for Jude Law, where in the first half, if Rooney Mara wasn't in this movie, mm, I, there could have been somebody else in this movie. I, I didn't yeah. – I wasn't sold on the character. I, I will give you that you – it's possible not to feel compassion for Rooney Mara's character, but I, I don't think that's key to enjoying the film. I mean, she, she is but, when someone's depressed. But you guys are making the point that she was like really, really great here, right? She's, well, she, I do think she's. I great. think in terms. I've been saying in terms of her acting. I think. Yeah, I think in terms of the acting, she's range. very good as well. But just in terms of the character on the screen, I was just like, okay, well, let me get on with it because I know that this is not yeah, the extent I, of the I, film. I, even in terms of her acting, I don't think she didn't really blow me away like your really? boss character. No. Hmm. Yeah. But, you know. I, I, it's kind of the thing that I think a lot of people were a, a while back were. Uh, praising Kirsten Dunst for Melancholia. I didn't like her in that. However, I did like Rooney Mara. So, it, it, you know, it's, and again, the connection is they're both suffering from depression. And okay. so I, I could kind of feel like even though she was suffering, when someone's suffering from depression, they probably aren't real, it, it's hard to like them in a way because they're not really warm and, and all that. But I, I don't know, I sort of, I kind of understood. I, she just felt like a very nuanced, three-dimensional character to me, and and I thought I agree with you though. I think Jude Law is extraordinary, and he probably he has more to do in the second half. But um, I thought Rooney Mara was also. I thought he, she matched him. Wow. Okay. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far at all. I. The second half of the movie, I think, is sold by Jude Law. The first half is sold by Soderbergh. I think Rooney Mara falls somewhere underneath. That whole thing. See what I think. That's interesting. For me, the movie I think will be. I'm not. I'm not going to necessarily race out to go see it again. But when it does arrive on like on Blu-ray on DVD, like I'll be curious for a rewatch just because of how the movie shifts and what you 
what you're allowed to clue into on the way. And there's a, I mean, there's a mystery going on in this movie. And I like, there's a lot of different like clues and things that you pick up on in the movie even makes a call back to when it, you know, starts defining what things happened along the way. But I like the, I, I like the idea that I'm going to be able to revisit this movie and kind of see it from a different perspective now that I know where it's going. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't think that, that would be the case primarily because again, they, the, the way that it's handled toward the end, it, doesn't really allow you to be like, okay, well, oh, I should have picked up on that, or I should have picked up on on this. It's kind of just like, <laughs> it's all there for you. I I agree that it's laid out, and you you know you get it. Like I don't feel like I didn't get anything, but yeah. Yeah, but I like, but I do I do think that by watching it again, I'll, it will be a rewarding experience as opposed to a hey, okay, I already knew this is going mm-hmm. on. Like I I feel like I'm gonna be like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like knowing that something's gonna go somewhere else, I I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna dig it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would say that the twenty, the first twenty minutes of the movie for me were pretty slow. Like I, I the way it, you're, because you're basically just watching Rooney Mara and Channing Tatum get together and be like, and then she's suddenly like just really depressed, and it's kind of like, okay, let's get on with it. And then right. something does happen that kind of spurs on the rest of the movie, and from there you I was, but I, you didn't think I, that was the most intriguing part? Not necessarily, no. Like I, I was fine with it like it wasn't i wasn't bored by the movie per se i'm only bored by bad movies i, I was i was just kind of i was it was easy it was easy to acknowledge that things there's nothing really happening here that's right but, but in a way there really was i think i agree with you that it was very deliberately paced in yes the beginning. So, yeah uh, however um i do think that that's kind of like you know when you're ride a roller coaster you've got to go up that hill first and so that's it's laying the groundwork for who this woman is, and and you're it helps to it I almost like that stuff is necessary. And I actually I I wasn't bored or I wasn't fidgeting in my seat during that part. But then when you look back on the whole movie, yeah, there's there are some things that happen that you then look at the beginning and say, oh wow, things were really moving slowly at that point. Mm-hmm. But I I think it was necessary for the second part to be as engaging as it was for you to have that kind of groundwork. And again, and again, I'm not saying that I was bored by it. I'm saying that it just, especially in context of the rest of the movie where things are becoming more engaging than where it was and you, it's, it's adding on more and more elements to the story. It's becoming a mystery and there's like go, going through the first 20 minutes of the film. I'm just like, okay, I, I, I get that there's groundwork being laid, but I, you know, I've seen other movies that have a very deliberate right, right. pace you, beginning that are, you know, more and entertaining to me than this. It could have gone either way because you don't know yeah. what, where he's taking you. And then where he takes you, I think, is is great. Like he delivers. Yeah. Soderbergh delivers. I, I I didn't feel that at all. I, I like the deliverance wasn't something that I was like, oh my gosh, this is a complete sixth sense feeling. I did not see that coming at all. It was just more of, okay, well this is where it went, and this was the way that it was laid out. Thanks for that. That wasn't all that intriguing. Um, yeah, because so it kind of becomes standard. I, I wasn't again. I, I was I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, I liked the intrigue building up to it. You know, the whole entire notion of Jude Law having to do so much investigation on his own, trying to figure things out, trying to I guess in some sense clear his name. But I mean, you know, when you look back on the film, there were like these clues that you were just thinking about, and what? Well, clearly, there's a reason why there's a shot of an officer's name early on. It's like, okay, well, okay, I'll, I'll remember that for later. And it was just. It was just eh, uh, but again, strong direction and some great performances. But the storyline is just pretty standard. I mean, you mentioned a roller coaster. I think the analogy that I would I would say is just like it's not really an up and down roller coaster. It's just more of like a few lumps here and there, and it's just linear. 
I think the second half of the story is is the thing that's standard. The second half is the thing that's standard and routine. And the first half is the thing that is shrouded in mystery. Is is the thing that you're not really sure what you're watching, and but you, the pace is deliberately done for such and such a reason. So my question is, those are two different movies that I almost described right there. One is a story. One has some particular story, one particular motive, something that it has to do that comes in almost halfway through. Well, not halfway through, but like 45 minutes in one the first part of the story is some setup to a kind of meandering but really entertaining story that is kind of is just turned into this other thing so why didn't they if they were going to make a mystery why didn't they just cut out almost that the entire first half do a little bit of setup and make that mystery because it or if wants they were going to gonna do the other, if they were going to do the other more contagiony kind of let's let things blossom, how they're going to blossom thing, why didn't they just do that? I feel like the why film wants it because like, it, it, it wants to lay at that groundwork. It wants you to make you comfortable with these characters. And I mean, the opening frame of this movie really sets up something right there of just huh. like, uh oh, what's going to happen? Something's going to happen. See, I, like Marcus, <laughs> I, I feel yeah. like you almost fault the film because it didn't continue along the same lines as it starts out. I mean, I don't think it's saying too much to say that. Uh, he prescribes some medication that has side effects, and yes. there are some uh, legal problems arise. Mm-hmm. You know, how responsible is he? I mean, did you want them just to continue on that that path? You know, I I, I felt that you, this this is what I felt. I felt that they had there was some kind of story they were building up to, and then something was inserted in there, and then it turned into this entire different genre procedural. Right kind of story but but then that here's my question if it took it it took 45 minutes to set up this procedural why take 45 minutes to set up this normal like routine procedural for it just seems like why you could do it in 20 minutes if you're going to set up these this couple that's you know one one is suffering from depression the other one has just come back you know into the picture two movies yeah, that this is that, that's what I'm saying. This is two movies. So why I was just curious. It's not like I didn't like the movie. Mm-hmm. I liked one part more than another part. But why I was just curious to why do you think Soderbergh did did it like that? He had such a such an, a, a setup for a routine movie. I think it's a routine second half. A routine second half. Sorry. I I mean I wouldn't say it's necessarily. I I wouldn't call it routine per se. I'd say it certainly follows. It follows a, a, a genre. It, follow, it, it follows a genre, but I, I like the way that it, it evolves from one thing to another thing. That's why I enjoyed this movie quite a bit, just because it was – it could have been a standard take on a certain genre, but instead Soderbergh twisting, twisted it around just like he twisted around something like Haywire, where it could have been a standard action movie, but he adds but a little – he adds that, his own kind of flair to it. And that's, uh, that's something I like about – that's what I like about side effects. It could have been either you know, the legal drama when you find out that – it could have been Eric Brockovich or it could have been <laughs> Contagion, but yeah. it kind of – he, he kind of mixes up these two movies together and like he has this you know there's a, there's a point in the storyline where I felt as though it could have gone a different way too when he's having lunch with a pharmaceutical rep um, and they're asking about trial drugs and I was thinking oh this can get interesting but that's actually yeah. just an aside 
Yeah, I th- see. That's that's the more contagiony part of it, where mm-hmm. they're you're not really following one story. You're following it's uh, that, like I said before, it's like this cautionary abuse pr- abusive prescription thing, and we're gonna we're gonna see how this group of people we're gonna follow this group of people from one point to another point. But it, what it did is it followed the group of people kind of for 45 minutes, and then it just went into this other story. And that's I, I think that's where it lowered a level for me because it just became that's what I mean by routine. It became this routineness where I could see there was some kind of ending in sight and okay, 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 let's you know I could see I could see what it was turning into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I whereas in contagion, it kept me on the edge of this edge of my seat because I didn't know exactly where it was going. I mean, I think one of the things that if I had a criticism of the film, and it doesn't even seem like a criticism that anyone's even mentioned yet, but for me, it was that things got so ridiculous and so preposterous. At the end, I kind of, after it was all over, and I'm sitting there reflecting on what we just saw, I'm like, wow, they're really asking us to accept a lot. And it was almost like it wasn't routine. I mean, I can't go into what happens, but... It's it's almost a little bit silly. Yes, I, mean, I agree. Like, there are there's even a part there are in the contrivances. Movie. It almost gets kind of like uh, I don't know, campy is the word, but well, I think it's, it's I think it's silly in the same way that a lot of Hitchcock films are, and I think that's one right, of the, right. one of, is one of the clear influences on this film. It's very I mean, it has a classic, it has a very big mislead as exactly. what you think the movie is in terms of then it goes into something else, and then it does follow a very a and, somewhat and standard pattern. That's a great point because a lot of in Hitchcock movies sometimes they throw in these things like red herrings and stuff, and that's what happens in this film is it kind of throws in these little things, and it's like oh you think we're going to go there, but no, we're not doing that. We're going to do this story, and then you can think okay. I, I know where this is going, and then nope, nope, we're not going to go there. It's this, and I kept guessing like, okay, well, why is this happening? And I kept thinking in my mind, oh, they probably did this because of this. I was wrong every time. I mean, by the end of the film, I mean, there was a part in the movie where I was just like, oh my gosh, it it, it gets. I thought it. I mean, I'm the only one who's saying this, but I thought it got really silly. Mm-hmm. No, but I, I still, don't. At the I don't end, agree with, or I don't disagree with it. I, I think it got silly too yeah. because there's a point where okay, basically the Jude Law. But but the funny thing is, I don't I don't fault it for that. Yeah. I, I kind of I was along for the ride, and I'm willing to suspend yeah. disbelief. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't fault it for that any more than I'd fault Headhunters for getting you know silly, despite the. The, the the intensity of that film, like I mean, there there are you you would agree that there are silly things that happen in Headhunters, right, Mark? Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, but it doesn't. I mean, I, I, like I, any, I mean, you can say Django Unchained or something. Or yeah, I mean, there's yeah. sometimes those but little still quirks entertaining. Are I think it it just it it it's entertaining at the end, even if it's silly or contrived or whatever. It's it's still. Maintains right. an yeah. entertainment. And I, yeah, and I wouldn't say that this is like so. This is like top tier Soderbergh. But I think it's a really good. I think it's a really good Soderbergh movie, and I really I enjoyed it. Mm. <laughs> okay. I don't want this to come off as I hated the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like the first. I love. I love the first part. I enjoyed the second part. Yeah. Any other thoughts on side effects before I get to a rating? Then I'll just get to a rating. Um, we flick it out now. Fair today, we had a rate point based on when you should go and see them. And our scale, and that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV. Just kind of forget about it. How do we start, Marcus? What would you put it on that scale? Um, what was wait, what was the scale again? Sorry. IMAX, theater, dollar theater, Netflix. Theater. Yeah, theater. Mark. Oh yeah, I would say theater. How funny that we're giving it the same rating. <laughs> <laughs> I would say HBO, and that's not to say that it's a bad movie. It's just more of 
again, it's it's a rather slow movie, so I don't know if you would want to pay eleven dollars to go see it. I mean, you should see it, but it's not really worth eleven dollars. Not even a dollar at a dollar theater. Again, I think that it's just it's one or an, or, a, or a rent on Netflix. No, down to HBO. Again, if it, if it premiered on HBO <laughs> right away, and that's like what he's doing with the the Liberace story, or is it Liberace? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, you should see it. Because HBO produces and releases its own movies from time to time, and they're pretty good. So it's just one of those things. <laughs> it's not about whether HBO is good. It's just that you put it kind of low. You're, you're, HBO, you're waiting a year to see the movie. <laughs> is it really worth, like, would you tell people you have to run out and see this movie? I'd say good. Well, I'd give it a theater rating. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd give it, from, your, from, where, from how you're describing it, I'd give it Netflix over HBO. I'm just saying that if it premiered on HBO, I would definitely see it on HBO. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So let's move on to movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. So we discuss some of the movies that relate in some way to the main feature of the week. And uh, Mark, any uh, movies come to mind? Uh, I'll just mention Contagion because it had to do with, you know, pharmaceuticals. Marcus? Wait, 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 you're cutting out. What was that? Movies that you thought of that relate to side effects in some way. But uh, by the way, Aaron, you can edit this out. But um, I mean, I can think of movies that this remind me of. But then it kind of—I don't know if I want to like explain like what kind of a film it is. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, movies. Okay, yeah. Well, just because of the way it's shot in Soderbergh and everything like that, and I still want people to go see it. Um, Magic Mike. Mm. I think it doesn't really have any of the pharmaceutical thing going on with it, but. Great movie. It's better than this. Um, it's something that everybody should go see. And it's shot in in kind of a similar, similarly lit way. I would agree, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I say Contagion, and again, it's primarily because I, I feel as though Contagion is stronger in terms of the uh, the ethics questions um, and flight. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> flight. An Academy, um, or, uh, Academy Award nominated flight. God. Um, you're all saying Contagion. I say The Informant, the other Scott Burns, Steven Soderbergh collaboration. That movie has a lot more in common than with, with side effects than Contagion does. Contagion's going for a, a certain message, a certain idea, and the Informant feels a lot more similar in terms of how it kind of twists and turns and what it does with the characters. And um, this looked a lot like a David Fincher movie, kind of the way it was shot. That's something it reminded yeah, me of quite a bit. That's true. And then, yeah, kind of, you know, older Hitchcock movies, older Hitchcock mysteries I was thinking of during this. Just the way it kind of, the plot kind of unfolds. All right, so let's get to the box office. Each week we go over the box office totals and find out if our previous predictions were anywhere near what actually happened. Did we and, predict uh, for this movie or did we predict for identity? We predicted for side effects. Oh. So. Shoot. So, Abe, do you have any idea what you predicted last week? I don't, I don't remember. I think it was in the uh, 12 million, was it? You, you said 9 million in fourth place. Okay. Um, I, what did I say? I said 13 million in second place. Brenna said third third Third, third place million? Third million. <laughs> third place of 8 million, and um, she's... The, the winner, because oh. it's uh, 10, 10 million in third place. Huh. Um, you know, made 10 million. Uh, Warm Bodies was number two, 11 million, and Identity Thief 
claimed the clocks of the box office this weekend with $36.5 million. Wow. Yeah. So you can expect to see Identity Thief still thieving in two years. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. I am also surprised that Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters is making money. This keeps every time I see this. Like, it's not like $43 million. I mean, it's not breaking the bank, but it's, I'm surprised that it's not bombing terribly. Like, well, it's production that was like 60, it, right? What? It's production by Hansel is 60. It's like 50 yeah. plus another, you know, 25 for marketing. So it's like, yeah. So. That but, movie was finished a while ago, wasn't it? And it yeah. sat on the shelf for a while? Uh, yeah, it was finished before Renner signed up to be a part of the Bourne Legacy or Avengers. That's how oh. long ago. So yeah, no, it's definitely performed well. Given I mean, that. worldwide, it's made 127 million dollars. Damn it! <laughs> wow. So expect to see Hansel and Gretel two still uh, eating Miss, going after Miss Muffet in uh, July. <laughs> <Miss> Muffet. <laughs> she just sat on her tuffet. Yeah, and tried to. Just, I don't want to go into this. Um, <laughs> What 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 does oh Aaron is it is it already time for some games? I think so. It's a low again. Nice. I like that little thing at the end there. Yeah, it was it was a little. I call it that's my Tatum chord right there. <laughs> <laughs> so here I have a I have a game called Similar Movies. And basically, oh, I see what you mean now with the title of the game. Yeah, I had a tough time coming up with a clever title for this game, so or a game in general that would fit the theme of side effects. So I just looked on Box Office Mojo and clicked similar movies, and it gave me a Great. list of movies that are not that are not necessarily similar in plot to side effects, but I found interesting enough to make it to a game. So basically. Oh, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna I'm gonna provide a very brief description of a movie, and you're gonna have to guess what that movie is. Okay. And here's the hint: it is going to be reverse chronological order uh, from 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 the last year. Okay, got it. On onwards, I'm not going to say the range of the years, but I'm just saying reverse chronological order. Cool. So if you're really good with movie dates, you might be great at this game. <laughs> First uh, one. Here we go. This film introduced us to some exquisite males. Magic Mike. Magic Mike is the correct answer. Abe's on the scoreboard. Should have that. Should have. <laughs> But you did it. <laughs> this Amanda, th- there, there we go. This Amanda Seyfried kidnapping thriller confounded many with its ridiculousness. Gone. Gone. It is gone. Mark was on top of that one. Here we go. This romantic drama confused many by thinking it was a Nicholas Sparks novel. The vow. It is the vow. Oh. All three of you are on the board. Uh oh. Yeah. Here we go. Next one. This non-traditional action film was headlined by a big cast and had a jazzy score. Haywire? It is Haywire. It's the next one. Some of these get harder than others. This remake brought new life to an immigrant song. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. It's the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Where's Mark Johnson now? Don't tempt me to get him on this podcast. (laughs) He's going to clean my clock. Yeah, and then he's going to beat you at a game. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> this disaster thriller took us in. This disaster thriller took us inside the mind of Gwyneth Paltrow. Con- uh, contagion. Are you guys there? <laughs> wow. Jeez. <laughs> oh my god. All right. This drama made okay. This drama made sure to recognize its hero's mode of transportation. 
Lincoln lawyer. The Lincoln lawyer is the correct <laughs> answer. Okay, hold on. Here we go. <laughs> I have to say this one's special here. This drama did a whole lot to make me want to like it. The social network. That is the correct answer. Oh, my God. <laughs> you didn't have to emphasize <laughs> like, but you did. I, I don't know if you would have. Second. That was my second guess. Dude, you just got to shout it out. Abe's going to keep doing it. Abe doesn't have any mercy for guests. I'm just I'm just looking at the answers right now. Aaron, send this to me. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Fixes in. No, this, this political thriller had us watching Obi-Wan face off against James Bond. Ghost Rider. The Ghost Rider is the correct oh. answer. Mm. This romantic drama was the film to knock Avatar out of first place. Um, Went for an obscure one on this one. Could you repeat the clip, please? The rom- this romantic drama was the first film to knock Avatar out of first place from the box office. Ooh, that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I will say it stars a person that's in side effects. Dear John. Dear John oh, is the oh, answer. Nice job. Here's the next one. This crime comedy biopic stars almost all comedic actors in supporting roles. Film similar to side effects. No No idea. Way too long. It's the informant Uh is that movie. So I I get the point. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Air is on the board. Okay, here we go. This American thriller starred a certain Luther and a certain child of destiny. Um Obsessed. Obsessed uh, is the correct answer. Mark was just like, what is yeah. that movie called? Zelda. <laughs> and Idris Elba. This political drama was a remake of a BBC miniseries which teamed up a gladiator and a mean girl. Uh, the Inside Man. In, no, The Insider. Nope. Uh, uh, no, no, um, with the Russell Crowe, uh, State of Play. State of Play is the correct oh, answer. God. Good thing I'm writing the names down because I have lost track of who's winning. <laughs> me, I, got, I have the most points. <laughs> Two more. Two more. This drama thriller found Wolverine and Obi-Wan facing off. Swordfish. <laughs> that's, that's not right, but... <laughs> that's, um, I like swordfish. Passwin? Swordfish. Wolverine. I can't, I can't name again, huh? <laughs> Unless you have the right answer, I'd be surprised. <laughs> I don't think anyone saw this movie anyway. It's Deception. <laughs> I did see that. I did not see that. It bombed really quickly. No. Last one here. Unless there's a tie, because I have to count these up. <laughs> I, I have two points, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, right? This, <laughs> this drama thriller exacerbated things greatly for the Cloonster. Michael Clayton? Michael Clayton is the correct name. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Did I beat Marcus? Um, let's see. Oh, no, I don't God. Know. Here we go. I got, okay. Wait, is the game starting yet? Um, yeah. <laughs> You're just getting warmed up. <laughs> that was a practice <laughs> round, right? <laughs> got a bunch of oh, songs. my God. Yeah. <laughs> Drum roll. Who got, con- who got Contagion? I did. I got the vow. Uh-oh. I got gone. Okay, I have, I have the uh, I have the results here. Tie break? Nope. 
Mark Hoban Woo-hoo! is the winner. Wow. Woo-hoo! All right. Victory lap. <laughs> and I claimed third place in this game. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Out Now presents What's Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this week that you might have some interest in. we got quite the list here. Uh, Skyfall comes out this week. I feel like people like that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Perks of Being a Wallflower comes out this week. Mm. I think one person like that. Another great one. You know, I, I still haven't seen it. Let's see. Right. It's the number one film. Of- I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, Similar to Perks of Being a Wallflower, Man with the Iron Fist comes out this week. <laughs> I'll rent that. That is terrible. It's fun. It's a fun movie. <laughs> It's not a fun movie. It's terrible. It's <laughs> um, the Sessions comes out this week uh, with uh, John Hawks and Helen Hunt. Academy Award nominated Helen Hunt. Um, Abe's second favorite movie of last year, Silent Hill Revelations, finally comes out. Yes. Watch it in 3D. Um, let's see. Bully, the documentary, the vastly overrated documentary, comes out this week. Watch Paranorman. Watch Paranorman instead. Yeah. Done. Done. And, uh, the Kid with a Bike comes Ooh. out this week. That's a that's a movie. Right. Was that Belgium or was that France? Uh Belgium, I think. The Dardenne brothers, I think Belgium. Okay. Pretty sure. So yeah, that's a that's a bunch of those. Uh what's next week? Next week's a good day to die hard. Oof. The latest entry in the Die Hard franchise starring Bruce Willis and um Best yeah. movie ever. <laughs> this Valentine's Day. Day. Exactly. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's try to predict some box office for a good day to Die Hard. And uh, here, let me give you some some brief history on the Die Hard franchise because I know you want it. Right after I look it up, really quick. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> um, Tappity type type type. I got it. The uh, the previous film, Live Free or Die Hard, opened to thirty three million dollars. I think that was on like a Wednesday though, so I'm not sure how easy that could be. But uh, let's see. And like they're all been fairly very. Fairly successful. There's Die Hard with Vengeance opened like 22 million. Die Hard 2, 21 million. I mean, these are years ago, so it's hard yeah. to read box now. But Live for Your Die Hard opened to 33 million. That's kind of the best gauge you can go with. So with that said, next week, a lot of films opening next week too, not just Die Hard. Yeah, what's it in competition with? The new Nicholas Sparks romantic drama on a Valentine's oh, Day opening. Ew. Makes sense to me. Actually, I think they all open on Thursday too, by the way. They all open on Valentine's Day. So Okay. That's enough to keep in mind. It's like a four-day. Four-day prediction. Isn't it President's Day weekend? Oh, my God. This is the crazy weekend, they predict. Um, yeah, so it's like a five-day weekend now. Oh, Just, no. Yeah, lots of things to do. So with all that stalling out of the way, what do you guys think is going to happen next week at the box office? I didn't think about 32, you said? Uh, 33 for Live for Your Dog. So. No, 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 for Identity Thief. This, this oh, identity Thief, 36 million. 36, Valentine's Day, guys will want to go see it because they bought dinner for their girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, I'll say first place with solid $36 million. Over the course of five days. I forgot about that, but I can't change my answer now. And if you want to, I'll give you one. Nah, I'll, give you- I'll, I'll save it for that. Sure, good with that. All right. <laughs> All right. Done. Mark? Marcus? Um, I'll say... The girlfriend is staying home, and I will pick forty-five million. Forty-five million. That sounds good. Mark Hoban. I will say. Mm, what? Uh, Abe, you said thirty. Thirty-six. Oh, thirty-six. I'll say forty. 
nice round guess. What what was Marcus's? Forty-five. Forty-five. Okay. Forty. I'm gonna Jesus. I'm gonna say forty-one point one two five. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm saying forty-one point one two five. Oh, screw it. Boom. I Let's see that. Do I win? I'll share the prize uh, with you. Great. A pat on the back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll reach through this computer and share the prize. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Forty-one point one two five. Lofty guess. <laughs> All right, so with all that said, that's going to do it for this episode. We're done. That's all That's all we got to cover. Um, you, you can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews as well as at whysoblue.com. You can find all my Blu-ray reviews, including the one for Hi, Here Comes the Boom, of course. And, of course, you can find me at twitter.com slash aaronsps3. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blackspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Mark? You can find more of my reviews at fastfilmreviews.wordpress.com and you can also follow me on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. Marcus? Uh, you can find me, my reviews on examiner.com, uh, movieswithmarcusonline.blogspot.com and follow me on Twitter at moviesmarcus. All right. Uh, you can you can find all the other episodes about now out there today on iTunes, also at hhwlod.com. You can find our show there, all of our episodes, along with the other episodes of the other fun shows on that site, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, which you kick into gear again since the Walking Dead starts tonight. Mm. Uh, of dudes and other shows that are about comics and games and TV and other fun stuff. Out now to Podomatic.com. Most of the newest episodes and some exclusives can be found there. The YouTube page, eh? Check out youtube.com slash podcast for the main reviews if you just want to listen to those, around 20, 30 minutes each. See, email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. You can, you know, let us know what you thought of Soderbergh's latest and other things of that nature. <laughs> <laughs> Great <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> I added a big comma. Uh, and of Sorry, course, like a semicolon. <laughs> That's appropriate also. Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and Twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. You can follow and like those pages there and get all the latest updates and what have you. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it this week. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. For sure. And, uh, yeah, until we die, until we have what? a good day to die hard, until we have a good day to die hard next week. So long. <laughs> and goodbye.
get the cause. Jesus, I'm going to say 41.125.